If you've been listening to the show, or if you're just a living, breathing person in the 21st century, odds are that you're a perfectionist. But did you know that there are three different types of perfectionism? After working with perfectionists for the past two years and being one myself for uh, longer than that, I would have to be an ostrich with my head stuck deep in the sand to not realize that there are different styles of perfectionism, each one with their own self-sabotaging patterns. To find out which perfectionist type you are, plus learn helpful next steps that will get you out of those patterns of self-destruction, take the free quiz by following the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Now on to the episode. There is no weight to a goal size. Like I really want people to hear that. If you celebrate a huge goal, if you celebrate a small goal, you can celebrate them equally. And actually, that does some really cool shit to your brain. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Here we are. I just got back from vacation. I am only slightly dead to the world. It's great. I actually asked the other day on my Instagram stories, I was like, who here, when they get back from vacation, feels like they need like 15 days of rest to like rest from your vacation? Um, maybe it'll, maybe it just depends on the vacation. I've been on some where it's like, been really rejuvenating, really relaxing, and been able to really just like come back and like feel like, ah, I'm ready to get back into the workflow. And there's been some where it's like a little bit more go, 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 maybe a little bit more like, oh, let's do these things and these things and be really social and stuff like that. And I get back and I'm just like, oh man. (laughs) So, you know, I think it really depends obviously, but, um, I, I actually mentioned that on the, on the stories that, I was taking things really slow coming back in and making sure I didn't immediately like slam my foot on the gas pedal, which was a pattern I was in for many, many years. Because when you get back from vacation, sometimes you feel like you're behind or sometimes you are looking at all these people on, you know, the social medias and saying like, oh my goodness, they're doing all these cool things. I haven't been doing anything. Oh my goodness, I'm a worthless piece of trash. I need to like work a thousand miles a minute so I can keep up and stay relevant and stay worthy. And let's just go ahead and, you know, call that what it is. It's not, it's a total made up 
thing in our society. It's a total made up stressor in our head. But if our brain believes it, it feels very, very real. So you feel like you need to slam your foot on the gas again and like go a hundred miles a minute. And it's, it's exhausting. I mean, like really and truly. And so I finally, this time very intentionally coming back in, I was like, I will not do that. I took the morning off. I made sure that the rest of my day was really easy. I did a bunch of like little around the house things that I wanted to get done. So I really felt set up for the success for the week. And I went into a full day of coaching the next day and was just like, oh my God, I feel so good. I feel so rejuvenated. I feel so excited to coach and, and, and do what I love. Like, and it it was such a difference from what I've done in the past. So I highly recommend, especially as summer trips are happening. I know that that's quite a bit. I know some people with things going on in the health world right now, with things going on with the Delta variant, a lot of people are canceling their trips, which obviously it's, it's such an uncertain situation. And I'm, my heart goes out to anyone who's having to mourn that. And it's just, it's not a fun experience, but Obviously, we are all trying to be very smart, and I appreciate anyone who's being very, very, very smart about this. So, I um, I just wanted to wanted to share that little little blip of blip of tidbits because I I did get a few people message me on after I posted that on Instagram, and they were like, "Oh my God, I never do this. This is so smart. Like, I totally feel seen right now." Or like, "Oh my goodness, I just got back from vacation, and I'm already tired again." And it's just like, we're allowed that grace. We're allowed to come back in slowly. We are not behind. Everything is not an emergency. I want to like, I think I said this once an episode. I want to tattoo that on my body somewhere. Everything is not an emergency. Go slow. Do one thing at a time. You're allowed to, I don't know, relax and ease into things. When we're in emergency brain we're in survival mode and when we're in survival mode nothing is fucking fun and if we're doing things especially if you're an entrepreneur or especially if you're building a passion project or if you just love what you do at work you being being in a state of fun enjoyment fulfillment excitement lightness is so important and what I've realized for a lot of people is that we just feel this like heaviness. We feel this weight on us all the time to go faster, be faster, be more, um, do more, be more relevant, be more worthy, like all these things. And it like creates this insane amount of tension and pressure and stress on our bodies. When in actuality, all we want, and this is like totally base level here, we layer other shit on top of it. But a lot of the times what we want is just that freedom. We want that ease. We want peace. If I if I had a nickel for every time I've heard the word peace come out of a client's mouth for the past two weeks, I would be rich as fuck. Like, I mean, it's just like this, it's like I, I hear this word over and over again and I'm like, I really think a lot of us in this day and age of constant go, go, go are just craving that peace. And the great and annoying part of that is that peace does not come from something. It comes from within. It does not come from anything externally. It does not come when you make a million dollars. It does not come when you create your own business. It does not come when you move to a new state. It really truly does come from within. And creating that is a lifelong process. I'm not saying it's a flip of the switch. It is a lot of inner work, a lot of inner work and doing your limiting beliefs and really working on how that's affecting your mindset and your energy on the day-to-day, looking at what you're putting into your body, both like food, drink, um, 
I mean, shoot, what we're even putting on our skin with like lotions and stuff like that. Good Lord, we're learning some really cool things about science recently and how that works with our bodies. I mean, I'm just so grateful to be living. I'm going off on a total tangent, but I'm so grateful to be living in this time where we're learning about the the negative side effects on things and how they affect us mentally, physically, energetically, emotionally, like how bad processed food is for us and how it affects our moods. I mean, what? I never knew that growing up. That's insane. That explains a lot. But now like really starting to focus on whole foods and I'm not total, I'm not perfect at this at all. And I don't want to be like, it's, it's more like an 80, 20 rule, like doing it 80% of the time and 20% of the time, just saying, fuck it. I really, 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 really want some French fries. And I allow that to happen without any judgment because we've done the healing friends. Um, but wow, I'm going to reel it in before I completely go off the rails, but I just, I wanted to really stress that importance of giving yourself some grace, especially when you're coming back from vacation or even when you're coming back from a big project or even when you're coming back from a fucking hard Tuesday, giving yourself that insane, beautiful, wonderful ease and peace and remember that it really comes from within and it's a practice it is a practice it does not happen overnight okay before we dive into the meat of today's topic which is how to choose one goal who buddy i think i've heard this about a million times in my years of coaching um but before we dive in i want to do some quick segments which first is how did i get in my own way this week I'm about to tell you guys a lot about myself. So I, like I said, I just got back from vacation. I was in Southern Colorado in the mountains of Pagosa Springs. And we, I was at my fiance's family reunion and it, it was lovely. It was gorgeous. We were on this mountaintop and just like trees as far as the eye could see. It was absolutely stunning. Um, but we ended up going to this, um, area in in way deep in the middle of literally nowhere I mean like not even on Apple Maps that's how off the grid we were at one point and we were on this like plot of land this like area and the grass was like really really tall and I just had it in my brain that there were snakes and not only snakes deadly snakes could kill me in a heartbeat snakes and my brain made it so vivid that, and just knowing that there are snakes in this property, in this area with the high grass, that I was so close to almost having one of my first panic attacks in almost five plus years. And it was one of those where I was like, oh my God, like my brain is panicking right now my whole body was tensed I was unable to breathe or take a full breath and I realized unfortunately much after we were in the grass I realized this once we got into the river and I was able to like actually see my feet I realized I was like okay I am in a state of I need to be in control of everything and the fact that I cannot see my feet because of this grass means that I can't control it and I'm going to die and I was like, whoa, okay, perfectionism brain, let's have a conversation because that is, first off, a very detrimental way of thinking. 
if I can't see it, if, if it's unknown, it means I'm going to die. It's a very survival way of thinking. Back when we were in the caves and living with loincloths, if we left the cave into an unknown area, our survival was threatened by bears, woolly mammoths, rattlesnakes, things that could kill us really instantly. And so we have not developed very much in our survival brain in that really like gut instinct, like fight or flight mode. We haven't really developed a whole lot. Yes, as a society, we've got technology. We have technology for the SpongeBob friends. Um, but it's like we we still are living in that base human need for survival. And I realized that I was like, okay, like this is not me. This is my brain going into survival mode. This is my brain needing to know it's okay. So how can I create that either certainty that I'm going to survive, which is hard for all perfectionists, or how can I release control here? How can I just kind of take a breath and trust that the grass isn't going to kill me? This feels so silly talking about, but it's it's something that I was I was so afraid of and my brain was so convinced that I was going to die. <laughs> like... Um, I'm able to laugh about it now, thank God. But um, I, I just, I, I really got in my own way with with tensing and that need for like absolute control and absolute certainty and absolute needing to see my feet. And I, I, I guess it was more of a learning lesson and really being able to see it in my own life in ways that I haven't been able to see it in a very long time. This was a very um, common feeling for me many, many years ago when I was constantly having anxiety attacks and constantly in a state of fight or flight and constantly in a state of like, I'm going to die if I X. And luckily after doing a lot of the personal development work, a lot of the um, putting one foot in front of the other and learning how to get out of my comfort zone and realizing I don't immediately burst into flames. But just recently, I don't know if it was just the nature part of it, or if it's the fact that I was in an area that I've never been in before, or if it's the fact that it was truly in buttfuck Egypt. I have no idea. If I died, the satellite would not find me. <laughs> like, that is like, <laughs> oh God, there's technology issues right there. Uh, technology trust issues. But I I just, it, it, it was, it's now so interesting being able to see it so firsthand. So I don't know if any other neuro um, neuroscience or neuro uh, plasticity people are interested in learning about what that what that looks like. <laughs> Hit me up. I'd, I'd love to talk about it. But that's how I got in my own way. Let's talk about a goal to celebrate. This can be always a small goal. It can be a big goal. I just think that we are so um, unused to celebrating ourselves. We're so like, go, 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 next thing, next thing, next thing, that it really diminishes the progress that we've made. And then we don't really give it any weight. And instead we just look at all the things we haven't done and then we beat ourselves up. So I think it's really important. And I always recommend if you're listening to this, doing this part with me, what is a goal, a small, big, doesn't matter, medium, I don't care, itty bitty, like a cricket on the side of the road, baby cricket sized, what is a goal that you can take a moment and say, wow, okay, I did that. Good for me. Like, that's really awesome. It can be big or small. It doesn't matter. 
If this episode's resonating with you, you might be a great fit for my one-on-one coaching program. I help perfectionists get clear on what it is they really want, set goals that will help them get there, and actually follow through and achieve them. If you'd like more information about my program, email me at hello at lifecoachbaker.com to set up your free discovery call. Now, back to the episode. There is no weight to a goal size. Like, I really want people to hear that. If you celebrate a huge goal, if you celebrate a small goal, you can celebrate them equally. And actually, that does some really cool shit to your brain that I'm not going to step on a soapbox for right now. Anyway, my personal goal to celebrate is I am actually doing something that I've been wanting to do for, oh gosh, a year, over a year. And I am creating a course coming up very, very soon. Um, I have a goal setting course. It's specifically for perfectionists and it'll be coming up in a few weeks, but this is my unique step-by-step method that I use with literally all of my one-on-one clients. And I help them go from like stuck, scattered, burned out, and totally procrastinating on the things that they want to do to really aligned, taking clear, clear, crystal clear action, full of motivation out the freaking wazoo and actually able to show them and and bring them to the end of their goal, following through on the end result of their goal and doing it completely free of burnout, really allowing it to be like, oh my goodness, I've embodied this person and now I have achieved this goal. You'll know what I mean when I say that in the course, but this is something that's I've been wanting to do for so long and I'm so excited that it's finally coming up. If you want to be one of the first people to know about it, make sure you are on my email list. If you are have been getting emails from me, surprise, you're on my email list. If you have not, then all you need to do is actually go into the show notes and take the what type of perfectionist are you quiz. You'll immediately be added to the email list. Plus, you'll get to learn about what kind of perfectionist you are, which is always super fun. And you'll get next steps on how to break out of that perfectionism pattern. So I want to make sure that you obviously get a little something as well. But I'm really, really excited for this to come out. This is something I've been doing with my one-on-one clients for years, long before I was even teaching perfectionists. And this is something I do with every single goal. Seriously, I like underline, italicize, bold that. This is something I do with every single goal and it takes me to the finish line and it takes me really, it just, it, it makes it fun. It makes it exciting and it makes it structured, which I know perfectionists you love. So make sure you're on that email list so you can hear about when it's coming out. Again, it'll be very soon. TBH, I have no idea what the name of this is going to be. We're just calling it goal setting course for the minute. There's your imperfect action for you. So um, make sure you're on that email list and I'm really excited to announce it to you guys. But let's take a moment and dive into the actual meat of the episode, which is how to choose one flipping goal. So first and foremost, why is this important? Because a lot of the times I will hop on discovery calls or first calls with um, clients of mine and they'll be like, okay, well, I want to do this, 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 and you know, I probably should do that. And by the way, I need the habit of um, sleeping every day, drinking water every day, drinking less coffee, doing more exercise, like all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay. And out of curiosity, how long have these goals been on your radar? And they'll normally say like, you know, several months to a year, maybe a few years. I'm like, okay, great. Have you made progress on any of them? Silence. 
So really, and this this is backed up by a whole lot of studies, but this is really firsthand. I've seen this over and over again. When we are trying to go after way too many things at once, too many goals at once, it actually gives the opposite impression to our brains and it actually feels like we're getting nothing done, which totally diminishes our motivation. It really spikes up that whole, you know, you suck and you should quit thinking. And I like to think of it like this. I've used this example many times on the podcast and in my workshops and in my one-on-one clients. And to be honest, I might be using it until the day I die. But I like to think about it like a field of cats. But these cats, let's say there's 40 cats in front of you, but they are hyperactive. They're on some kind of Hulk-like catnip that gives them super strength. And they're like trying to like, like scratch you all over the place. And your one job, your one job in life is to herd all 40 cats at once. So here's the deal. That ain't possible. What's going to happen is you're going to try to go run, run, run. You're going to run in a bunch of different directions. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're not going to know which cat to get. You're probably going to get scratched a whole damn lot. And you're also probably going to be exhausted and end up with zero cats. So instead, looking at the 40 cats in front of you and saying, okay, I'm going to herd one cat, only one. And look in the crowd and find the one that feels the fluffiest and zero in. Go after that one cat. Does that mean you're going to get it right away? No, you might have to change your approach. You might have to try something new. You might have to jump off a tree and try to get it. I don't know. But eventually, eventually, you will have grabbed the cat nicely, hold it, pet it, give it some love and snuffling. And then putting it in the area that is super safe and lovable and cushy for them to bask in the sun, right? And we celebrate, of course, the fact that we finally got a cat. And then we move on to the next one. That is the only way to herd the 40 cats. Please hear me on this. So it's really important to choose only one. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about cats here. I'm now really talking about your goals, If you're looking at your 40 goals at once and you're trying to do them all, your brain's going to get overstimulated, overwhelmed. You're going to feel burnt out. You're going to feel like you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And you're going to feel like you're not accomplishing anything, which really hurts that whole like you rock, keep going attitude. And it really brings in that whole like you suck. You should just quit. You're a worthless piece of trash. Look on Facebook. Tiffany has been doing all these really cool things. You're a worthless piece of trash, right? So you're just going to go off the deep end and totally quit. So please hear me on this. When it co- We're going to talk about how to choose only one in a second, but I really want you guys to hear the importance of why. Because when you actually go after only one goal, it boosts that positive self-talk because you feel like you're making progress. Doesn't matter how fast the progress is. Hear me on that, you overachievers. Does not matter how fast the progress is, but we feel like we're putting one foot in front of the other. We are human beings who like stories. We like linear. We like to know a direction. And when we feel like we are pointed in one direction and going after it with one foot in front of the other, making progress every day, every week, every month, whatever, 
we are actually so much more likely to follow through on something and keep that motivation up, keep the positive self-talk really high and be able to really adjust that mindset and keep going. Have I beat this horse dead? I freaking hope so. So when you're trying to reach a new goal, really and truly, you're not just trying to check a goal off the list. Spoiler alert. A lot of people come to me thinking that when I uh, exercise regularly, then I'll be happy. Or when I open up my new business um, selling on Etsy, then I'll be happy. It is not about the goal. It's not about the metric. Spoiler alert. It's really not. It's just a glamour thing. What we really want is the emotional and the embodiment of the person who achieves that goal. I'm going to say that again. What we really want is to become the person who's achieved that goal. So we have in our minds that the person who runs a marathon is this like sexy, powerful, confident, badass who really followed through and really did something amazing and is celebrating, is totally talking amazingly to herself. She's healthy. She's energetic. She feels so good, right? We don't want to physically run a marathon. We want to become that person. So one of the most important things to do when you're trying to achieve a goal of any kind is to remember that you're not trying to achieve just the glamour metric. You're trying to become that person. And when you, in, in personally in my experience, when you go after only one goal at a time, you become that person so much easier and quicker before you actually even accomplish the goal. It's so cool. You become that, like for instance, if you are wanting to go after a marathon, you become that like positive, sexy, healthy, and beautiful, like, a confident person long before you ever cross the finish line. Because when you're going after one thing at a time, it is clearer. You have a much more direct line of action and your mindset begins to shift because it is clear. It's not scattered all over the place. We love a good neuroplasticity. Again, if you want to know what that is, send me a DM and we'll chat. But when it comes to choosing only one goal for perfectionists, there's a lot of like doom around like which is the right goal I don't know I have to choose the perfect goal I have to choose the goal that makes the most sense holy mackerel this creates so much decision fatigue it really um kind of kicks you in the ass because normally at least I'd say 10 out of 10 times the amount that I've seen um I've seen way more than 10 let's be real but we'll say 10 out of 10 times you actually don't end up choosing anything. Again, people will come to me and they'll be like, I have these 40 goals. I know I should be doing half of them already. And I've made no progress on any of them. And it's like, it's because you're trying to do too many things at once and you're putting all this pressure on yourself to choose the right thing to do. Dun, dun, dun. Or you, another option, and I've seen this as well, is like people will be slamming their foot on the gas, trying to do 
every single thing at once. They're living on the brink of burnout. And then they'll wake up one morning with like 70 things to do for their goals on their to-do list. They'll feel no motivation. And that limiting belief is going to come in and be like, well, I'm going to take advantage of you feeling weak for a moment and totally tell you how much of a loser you are, tell you that because you're not motivated, you should really just quit and that you suck. And then we listen to it because we're in a low state. We're in a low energy state. And we just decide, okay, that's it. I'm not motivated. So that means I'm not worthy of going after these things. I'm going to like take a breath after that marathon pedestal. So I hope I've beat this horse dead. Take that as the metaphor, please. Not real. I love horses. Um, But I really, I hope this is really clear as to why it's important to only choose one at a time. And if you feel like totally added right now, that's probably because you've been going after way too many things at once. By the way, starting a new habit is a goal. If you have the goal of like, well, I want to run a marathon, but I also want to eat healthier and I also want to drink more water and I also want to do that. But that's all habits. I just need to do that. No, it is all the same thing. There's these things called keystone habits or domino habits where if you do one thing regularly, you have your eyes focused on one thing, other things will follow. So they use the example in the book, The Power of Habit, which if you have not read, it is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal book. It's like one of those books that I return to at least once a year. And it's all about, this this example is all about how, for, we'll use this example, for when people started to exercise regularly, that was their goal, to exercise regularly, they then noticed that these people were eating more healthy foods, drinking more water, using their credit card less, how freaking random, but because they were focused on one thing, these other good habits started to fall into place. So you do not have to be worried about also exercising regularly, drinking more water, eating more healthy food, and spending less money. If you do one of those and really set your sets, set your eyes on it, most of the time those other ones will fall into place. It's really, really cool. But you have to let go of the need to control those other habits and really just focus on the one goal slash habit. Yeah, here. So now let's talk about what are three ways that you can narrow down your search. Let's say you have 40 goals and you're like, holy fuck, how on earth do I pick one? Use one or all of these ways that I'm about to tell you and try it. See if it helps. See if it helps to narrow it down into one. This is really important. So number one, take the word should out of your goal setting vocabulary. When you were thinking like, oh my God, I should do this. I should do this. I should, 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 should. It's exhausting. You put so much pressure on yourself to be this perfect version and you set your expectations way too high, which totally overwhelms your brain. And then they're like, nope, I'm just staying right here in my comfort zone. I'm going to do nothing. So Take the word should out. If you're reading, for instance, like let's say you write down all 40 of your goals and you realize like, I actually don't think I want to do half of these. I just feel like I should be doing half of these. Then kick them out. Don't even bother with them. If you have should attached to your goal, you will not have the motivation to carry it through, period. So make sure that the word should is ta-ta, goodbye, two-two-two, two-two-two, whatever. Um, 
Another way is asking yourself, is this something I actually want or is this something I feel like I should be doing? That's a really good thing to do as you're just going down and asking yourself that question with each of these goals. And again, if it's a should, get it out of there. We do not need it. Eventually, does that mean it might become something that you want to do? Eventually. But it means that it's not the one goal, the thing that you are going after first. You hear me? Number two, release control. We talked about this with the snaky snakes that were not even snaky snakes existing in that grass earlier. When we are in a state of clinging to control with our 40 goals, we're thinking way too much. It's exhausting. Decision fatigue is real and alive and present. And it's because we're using so much of our mental thinking energy trying to outweigh which one is more important, which one is more um, good, worthy, important, intelligent, whatever. When you are trying to grip on to control, trying to do a thousand things at once, trying to make sure you're doing all 40 of your goals at one time, you get to stay in control. That means that you are alive, present in the driver's seat. It also means that your brain's probably ripping you a new asshole and you, it's, it's exhausting. I can't say that enough. It's just exhausting. So please, please, please just giving yourself that ease, allowing yourself to release control. So honestly, sometimes what I have my clients do is when we are looking at their list of goals and I can feel them thinking, I can feel them gripping their talons into their goals, trying to keep in control. Take a breath. Allow your shoulders to relax. Maybe even get up and walk around the block real quick. Get your blood flowing. Because a lot of the times when we're in a state of tense control, our blood stops flowing, at least not as quick. And it really fucks over our focus. So allowing yourself to go on a walk around the block, coming back in and feel, literally physically feel that, that attention that focus move from in between your eyebrows that tension at the front of your head feeling it moving down like an elevator down to your heart what that does is it gets you out of thinking mode and into feeling mode which is number three listen to your body there's an amazing exercise that i first heard from marie forleo i'm not sure if she coined it but um She's talking about when you're making decisions. For example, which goal should I do? Let's say you've narrowed it down to three. You've taken the shoulds out. You've released some control. You feel like you have three really good ones and now you just don't know which one you want to do the most. Close your eyes and ask yourself, is this something I want to do now? Is this something I must do now? That's a really good question. And feel your body. If you feel like it, expands, like it gets bigger, that means it's a really good goal for you to do now. If you feel it contract though, if you feel your body kind of like, that means that maybe it's a great goal, but not yet, not now. This is just another way for us to get out of our head and really into our bodies. Now, a lot of the times with perfectionists, if we have not fully released control, which is like a a year-long practice for perfectionists. It's not like an overnight thing. If we have not fully released control, 
a lot of the times we'll still be in thinking mode when we're in this. So we'll be like, was that a contraction? Was that an expansion? I don't know. Did I just make that up or did I, did I do that intentionally? Calm down. A really easy way to not feel like you have to feel your body and be the perfect body feeler. Wink. Um, the easiest way to do that is to either have someone watch you do this exercise or even ask you the questions or film yourself. Because a lot of the times what will happen is I'll be doing this with my clients and I'll be asking them the questions and they'll just kind of sit there and they'll do it and they'll be like, okay, well, I don't feel like my body did anything. And I'm like, really? Because you just took a full breath and your shoulders went back and your head went up. We're so disconnected from feeling our bodies, from really being in tune with our bodies, that a lot of the time our brain will be like, nothing just happened. And I'm like, well, you just shrank into a crustacean on the ground. You sure? Like, so really allowing that third party, whether it's, again, a phone, a camera, a um, person, but allowing them to tell you what they experienced rather than only listening to your mind. Now, I said there were only three. I'm going to do a bonus because you need to give yourself some grace here. The world will not set on fire if you just pick one goal. It is not that life and death. So for example, let's say you're down to three goals and you're like, I love all of these. I don't know which one to pick. I feel like I need to do all of them right now. Just pick one. It does not need to be the perfect one. It does not need to be the almost amazing, absolutely perfect. If I don't do this one, I will die. You will not be set on fire. You will not fall into the ground. A hole will not open up and swallow you whole if you just pick one goal. Consider yourself lucky. Let's even reframe it and consider yourself lucky that you have three things that you want to do. It is not... All or nothing. It doesn't mean that just because you do one, the other three are suddenly never going to happen in your life. You can do those two. It's like the cats, but you've got to do one first. You've got to herd one cat first and then go to the next one. Remember, it is who we want to become that matters. And if we stay in overwhelm, stay stuck, stay in the, I can't pick one, so I won't do any of them state, it really just reconditions that whole well, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm not doing anything. I feel like I'm not being productive, which obviously equates to unworthiness in this society. So give yourself some grace and allow yourself to just pick one thing. I hope you guys found this helpful. Reminder that we have the goal setting course, again, name to come, that is coming soon. But if you want to be the first to know, make sure you are on my email list, either by already being on my email list. If you do get regular emails from me, you're on my email list. Surprise! Or you can also take the quiz in the show notes, or you can go to lifecoachbaker forward slash quiz to take the what kind of perfectionist are you quiz to learn what type of perfectionist you are. Ta-da! As well, you'll also learn um, what to do to break out of this pattern, like the first step to start breaking out of that perfectionism pattern that is oh so screwing us over. By the way, there is an entire module in the course that is devoted to picking one goal. There's, it's going to be a much deeper dive than, the, than we were able to do today. But, and there's going to have like visualizations and worksheets and stuff attached to it. Again, 
stuff to come. Spoiler that this is also happening, but I wanted to give you guys the update that this kind of stuff is going to be in the course. You do not need to have like the one goal, the like one goal to rule them all in order to be in this course. We will be going over how to pick one, how to pick a direction, or if you feel like your goals are really fuzzy right now, how to make them clear. So just so you guys know, that is definitely happening. So make sure you are on that email list if you want to hear about the goal setting course and things coming up soon. Also, if you haven't, please rate and review the podcast. It is the easiest way to get us up the charts, which gets more people listening to the show, which is really, really, really helpful. There is also the option of sharing it with a friend or sharing it on social media. I always love seeing you guys sharing it on social. Thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have done that. It means the world to me. A hug you, a kiss you, thank you, thank you. But until next time, I will talk to you all amazing humans soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to go take the free quiz and find out what perfectionist type you are by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Also take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.